COVID-19 vaccine is your best defence and our only way forward. Find out when you can arm yourself and book your vaccination. Go to australia.gov.au or call 1-800-020-080. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Hello everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and this is Weekender Wireless. We activate the Weekender Wireless podcast whenever there's big issues to discuss in the community and today we focus again on the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on Penrith. Weekender Wireless sits alongside our suite of products for the community, including our highly revered print edition, our website at westernweekender.com.au and our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So let's get straight to it. Where are we at? with COVID-19 in Penrith. We, of course, know the uh, the top-line figures as far as the state is concerned. Uh, Case numbers have been in the 800s in the last few days. But let's have a look right now at active cases in the Penrith area. Now, there's currently uh, 799 active cases of COVID-19 in the Nepean Blue Mountains local health district, and that's up until 8 p.m. on the 22nd of August, or uh, the reporting period, of course, Uh, 11am this morning, but um, but these figures cut off at 8 o'clock the previous night. So this is uh, 22nd of August. 799 active cases currently in the Nepean Blue Mountains local health district. Now let's break that down more for you. 334 of those cases are in the 2760 postcode. So we're talking St. Mary's, Colleton, Oxley Park, uh, that area. 162 are in the 2759 postcode, so Sinclair, Erskine Park, that area there. We've got 120 active cases in the 2747 postcode, so Cambridge Park, Caddens, Kingswood, that area. 66 in the 2750 postcode, so that's uh, of course your main Penrith postcode along with Emu Plains. There's 30 in the 2745 postcode, which is uh, Glenmore Park, Ludnam. Uh, 24 in the 2753 postcode, so that's uh, going into the Londonderry kind of area, but also covers Richmond and Grossvale. Uh, then there's some cases uh, outside of the actual Penrith LGA, but still part of the Nepean Blue Mountains Health District. So that's 17 cases in the 2756 postcode, uh, which is Windsor, Sackville, Wilberforce. Uh, 15 in the 2749 postcode, which is that uh, Cranebrook area. And um, there's also a few up the mountains as well. Seven in the 2774 postcode, which is uh, Black Sand, Mount Riverview. Uh, seven in the 2758 postcode, which takes in uh, Bilpin, East Currajong. Uh, there's six in the 2178 postcode, Kemp's Creek and uh, Cecil Park in there. Four in the 2777 postcode, which is uh, Springwood, Wind Malay. You've got three in 2780, which is uh, up higher in the mountains, such as Katoomba and Lura. There's two active cases in the 2773 postcode, that Glenbrook Lapston area. One in the 2782 postcode and one in the 2779 postcode. So that's your breakdown. Um, as you can see, of those uh, 800 odd cases in the Nepean Blue Mountains Local Health District, the majority are coming from that 2760 postcode. That's St. Mary's, Colleton, Oxley Park area. Um, that, of course, uh, along with Sinclair and Erskine Park, uh, which is there's 162 cases in the 2759 postcode. They're making up the bulk of the cases. They border that Blacktown local government area, which, of course, was one of the areas of concern prior to parts of Penrith being placed in it. So that's where we're at as far as active cases are concerned. It's a, a pretty serious situation, uh, no question about that. 
Uh, we're getting more cases now than at any other stage in the pandemic. Uh, now, one thing that we uh, did hear is that many postcodes in the Nepean Blue Mountains local health district had pandemic record testing rates yesterday, uh, including Penrith, Windsor, Richmond, Cranebrook, and the Glenmore Park postcodes as well. The 2750 postcode had a record 2,374 tests in the 24-hour uh, period. So, um, look, there's some good news as far as that is concerned. Um, bad news over at Nepean Hospital, though. Uh, where we've had uh, almost 50 COVID-19 cases now across uh, two separate outbreaks there in the mental health unit and uh, also the wards. So um, that's a, a pretty sad situation there at Nepean Hospital with two separate outbreaks. And of course, uh, they're dealing with, um, with a lot of COVID cases. And we'll hear in a moment from a, an intensive care unit doctor who uh, appeared at the 11am press conference today, that being uh, Monday, and I thought she did a tremendous job too. really drove the message home about what it's like at the moment inside Nepean Hospital. All right, now let's have a look at the vaccine rollout because we know that vaccines are the solution here. We know that, um, that the key is to get vaccinated. That will ensure that we can get to a point where lockdowns can be avoided and where we can start treating COVID-19 like it is just any other virus, like the flu and whatnot. Um, and we're going to do that pretty soon, to be honest with you, but we just need to get these vaccine rates up. Now, locally, a new vaccine hub has opened down at Panthers. Uh, now, it is mainly focusing on the 16 to 39-year-old age group with the Pfizer vaccination. Now, the important thing about Pfizer and this age group is that most, the, if you look at the, the stats on the age group that is most being affected at the moment by COVID-19, it is people in their 20s. So it is not the, the old person's disease that we saw it as last year. If you're in your 20s and 30s, don't think you're invincible. Don't think that you have some epic immune system and fitness levels in your age that is going to get you through it because the, uh, the, the science and the facts and the stats are saying otherwise. Um, you need to, um, to get vaxxed just like everybody else. And that's why there is such a huge focus at the moment on this 16 to 39-year-old bracket. So if you are 16 to 39 and you live in the Penrith local government area, you are currently eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. So you can jump on. Uh, best way to do it is just literally Google vaccine eligibility checker. You'll get into a, a health website, go through all the questions, and then you'll be able to make your booking. Now, also up at Caddens, the Penrith Baptist Church, there's the AstraZeneca Clinic. Now, they take bookings. But in addition to that, they take walk-ins as well. So if you've woken up and you think, you know what? I need to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I need to do it for my friends, my family, my colleagues, myself and the community. Off you go to Penrith Baptist Church there at Caddens and you can have your AstraZeneca vaccine. Of course, uh, we always recommend you talk to your doctors if you've got any reservations about um, the vaccine and uh, whatnot. One thing we can say is that um, if you've heard the myths out there, well, I'm not going to say do your research because that's what the, uh, the anti-vaxxers uh, often say. But the reality is um, these vaccines are safe. They're effective. Um, it may seem that they were developed very quickly, but uh, researchers around the world have been working hard to develop vaccines right from the start of the pandemic. And they were able to speed up that collaboration um, due, to, due to a number of factors, um, including, of course, the fact that there was incredible money thrown at this. There was incredible time thrown at this. It was essentially a, a collaboration right around the world of scientists, manufacturers and distributors that had never been seen before. Um, and, and that is partly how we got to do this. Also, um, don't forget that coronaviruses are nothing new. And researchers are able to look back at uh, SARS in 2002 and the, uh, the MERS uh, coronavirus in 2012. And so they really had a head start in building the COVID-19 vaccines. It wasn't just 
hey, you know, let's, let's miraculously create a vaccine from nothing. Coronaviruses have been around for some time. Uh, we know there's the, uh, the myth about um, weird myths that some people are throwing out about microchip technology and that um, we're suddenly going to, um, you know, activate your Bluetooth or something. Uh, look, none of the COVID-19 vaccines uh, contain any software or microchips. They can't be used to track people. Anyone who tells you that, seriously... Um, question whether they should be in your friendship circle to be honest with you um and look at the end of the day um we know that um that, that vaccines have been proven right throughout history to um to save lives and this is saving lives as well yes you are a chance of still getting covid just like you're a chance of getting the flu if you get the flu shot just like to be honest with you you're a chance of dying in a car accident even if you wear your seatbelt, and even if you're not drunk behind the wheel but we put rules in place because the chances are that you won't die in a car accident if you uh, if you wear your seatbelt compared to if you don't. And it's the same here. The chances are that if you get COVID-19, your chances of serious illness or death are dramatically reduced. And that is the point of the vaccine. Now, what about the numbers as far as the vaccine are concerned? Well, Australia has had a pretty big improvement because we are now over 30% of people over the age of 16 who are fully vaccinated. Now, we know we need to get to the 70%, but the good news is that 52.8% have had their first dose so we're going to see that uh, that total figure of 30% go up um, in the in the not too distant future. But um, something like 17.1 million doses of the vaccine have been administered nationally since the 22nd, uh, as of the 22nd of August. New South Wales, um, it certainly has had the uh, the biggest amount of vaccines there, uh, 5.9 million heading towards that 6 million target that Gladys Berejiklian suggested. Uh, there's been 4.4 million odd in Victoria, 3.1 million in, uh, in Queensland and, and so on. But yep, 30% is the target that we are looking at at the moment. So hopefully we can get that, um, that much higher. In New South Wales, um, just a little bit above the national average, 31.5% are fully vaxxed and almost 60% have had their first dose. So uh, that is uh, tremendous news indeed. So let's hope that um, that these vaccine numbers continue to rise and continue to grow up. Um, now, uh, one thing that I did find interesting was some of the stats around who have had their first dose and what age groups. Now, um, the good news uh, for the most some of the most vulnerable in our community is that um, Something like uh, 80% of 95-year-olds have had the uh, the vaccine, um, the first dose at least, um, 85 to 89-year-olds and the 84%. But the good news is that we're starting to see some movement in the younger brackets as well. So 32.6% of 30 to 34-year-olds have had their first dose, 37.4% uh, of 35 to 39-year-olds as well. So we are starting to see those, um, those grow up, which is uh, very good news indeed, and hopefully we can keep seeing that but yes make sure you check out the um the health uh website where you can do your vaccine eligibility checker and if you are eligible for a vaccine get it because it will save lives um if you don't think you're going to get covid all well and good um, if you want to take that gamble but you're also then taking a gamble for your workmates for your friends for your community um for for everyone else um that you may come into contact with and particularly for vulnerable members of your family as well now I want to move on to um, Dr. Nee Nguyen, who appeared at the 11am daily press conference with the Premier Gladys Berejiklian today, that being Monday. And I thought she spoke exceptionally well. She's an intensive care doctor at Nepean Hospital. And she took us through the current situation at Nepean with the health system and the cases and 
some of the heartbreak that's being experienced there as well. Now, we've got a story up on westernweekender.com.au about this as well, but um, I thought you might want to listen if you didn't hear it. Um, it's a, a pretty poignant message from Dr. Neen Ewan. Good morning, everybody. My name is Neen Ewan, and I'm an intensive care specialist at Nepean Hospital, and I've also been involved um, with the health team in the response to COVID-19. So we, um, we've been preparing for the last 18 months, uh, almost 20 months. So I started uh, in March of 2020 when we were called to, to action and, uh, to, and worked part of this whole team to get our intensive care units ready with our clinicians and um, equipment. We have the equipment ready. We have our staff ready. And our staff have been meeting every week whereby they um, share insights and our Sydney-based Sydney doctors and nurses are also um, helping the rural and regional New South Wales team. We're really fortunate to work in a system, a health system that's well-coordinated and resilient, and it's world-class. But what has worried us over the last few weeks is the increasing number of patients who are admitted to intensive care, uh, and they are now, they are younger, they are staying in intensive care for longer, and they are needing care that can't be provided anywhere else in the wards. There are those who are on breathing machines and on heart-lung machines. And what has really worried us is the number of young patients who are coming in. So up to 25% of them have been less than 40 years old. Our nurses and doctors provide the best and compassionate care, and we need your help. So we know that it's difficult at the moment. We know that it's hard that you don't, your families don't get to come in and see your loved ones in the intensive care. So when Dr. Gale talks to the 100 patients with COVID who are in intensive care units, there are another 400 who are in there for non-COVID reasons. And at the moment, you can't go in to visit them. Our nurses who are the backbone of our healthcare system are providing care that's compassionate. They're holding their hands and they're comforting them because we know that you can't be there. And this makes it really hard for the community and it makes it hard for our nursing and our medical staff across the whole hospital. We are worried about the increasing number of patients who are admitted to the wards because we know that at some stage they will need the care of the intensive care team. It's not a good day when you have to meet the intensive care team. Okay? We, we would much prefer not to ever meet you and your families. Our nurses are coming and our doctors are coming up to work every day, despite knowing how difficult it is. They're leaving children just like you at home. And our call is to please get vaccinated. We know that vaccination decreases your risk of getting severe disease. We know that vaccination decreases your chance of death. And we're here to call to ask you to help us. Our nurses and doctors are committed to providing care and care in times of normal times, let alone the pandemic. And we really are genuinely asking for your help. So although I stand here as a representative of the intensive care community across New South Wales, I'm going to send out a personal message to those in the southwestern and western Sydney. I grew up in Liverpool 
and I now live in the Penrith LGA. So please, if you're able and you're between 16 and 39 years old, book in and get your first shot in the vaccine because we know that it will protect you. There she is, Dr. Nee Nguyen from uh, Nepean Hospital, intensive care doctor. I thought that was um, really, really good. And it's good that we're seeing some of these uh, different people speak at the 11am press briefing because it can become a little bit not monotonous and boring. And um, I think it's important that... Um, that we speak to people um, who are on the front line and living this every day. And um, I thought that was really, really poignant. Now, um, where are we at as far as rules are concerned in the local government area? Because as we know, we saw the lockdown extended right throughout September. So the current lockdown will be uh, extended until the end of September. But there are also some new rules for local government areas of concern. Now, Penrith is a local government area of concern, at least for a few suburbs. Uh, not all of them, but um, but uh, certainly there are 12 suburbs in the Penrith area that are considered areas of concern. So I'm just going to go through some of the new rules that were implemented um, in case you weren't across those. Now, uh, these suburbs that are affected in Penrith are Caddens, Claremont Meadows, Colleton, Erskine Park, Kemp's Creek, Kingswood, Mount Vernon, North St Mary's, Orchard Hills, Oxley Park, St. Clair and St. Mary's. So the rules there from today, Monday the 23rd of August, there is a curfew that's been introduced from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. except for authorized workers, emergencies or medical care. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I just a bit of opinion thrown in here. Um, I think curfews are a load of BS. I think that if you were doing the right thing, um, then you weren't going anywhere between 9 and 5 already um, at night um, or really during the day. But anyway, if you're doing the wrong thing, I think the horse is already bolted there. But anyway, outdoor exercise limited to one hour per day. I also think that is um, a little bit over the top because uh, at the end of the day, um, outdoor transmission, not really a factor of this outbreak and yet we're saying to people if you you know for example if you live alone in st mary's you can't go for a walk in the morning and at night but you know if you wanted to go for a one hour walk in the morning and not that is ridiculous it's cruel it's silly but anyway that is the rule now um i'll, I'll get off the soapbox uh, the following retail premises must close except for click and collect they are garden centers and plant nurseries office supplies hardware and building supplies landscaping material supplies rural supplies and pet supplies now tradespeople are allowed to shop in store where relevant and all exams and other education or professional development related activities will move online not including the hsc and the government will provide more information on its education plan in due course now, there's also some new restrictions around workplaces for authorised workers from the LGAs of concern. Childcare workers and disability support workers who live or work in the LGAs of concern, and that includes those 12 Penrith suburbs, must have had their first vaccination dose by the 30th of August. Authorised workers who work outside their LGA of concern are only permitted to work if rapid antigen testing is implemented at their worksite or if they've had their first vaccination by the 30th of August. From Saturday the 28th of August, authorised workers from the LGAs of concern are required to carry a permit from Service New South Wales declaring that they're an authorised worker and cannot work from home. Now, that is not yet up on the New South Wales Health website or the Service New South Wales website. I've had a look a few times, nothing there yet but it should be there by the end of the week. And from Saturday the 28th of August, anyone entering an LGA of concern for the purposes of work must carry a worker permit issued by Service New South Wales. 
Now, uh, in addition to that, um, the additional rule has been implemented for all of Greater Sydney. So this is the other areas of Penrith as well, that mask wearing is mandatory when outside your home except for exercising. So uh, that rule has been implemented there. But the, uh, the headline figure there is that the lockdown has been extended all the way through until the end of September. Now, hopefully, um, we are at some point... Uh, at the end of September, where case numbers have come down somewhat and uh, and when the vaccination rates are higher. Now, a few points in regards to that. The end of September will be telling for a few reasons. Gladys Berejiklian's gone pretty much as hard as she could go here with restrictions. So if case numbers don't fall before the end of September, when this lockdown is due to expire, well, that pretty much tells us they're not going to because that would have been four to six weeks of very hard restrictions in New South Wales, plus the two months before that of lockdown. So if after three months, three and a half months of lockdown and about a month of really hard restrictions that are limiting movement and really harsh restrictions on those suburbs of concern, if you haven't lost case numbers by then down into the the couple of hundreds or, or lower, it ain't going to happen. And so that will be then a decision to make about living with the virus, as they say, and what restrictions need to be implemented to ensure we can live with the virus to a point. Um, and of course, that'll tie in with vaccination rates. And then eventually, as the vax rates hit 70 and 80%, there'll be less restrictions, of course, and, um, and more movement around, and we'll find that focus less on, on case numbers. My tip would be, Pretty much as soon as we hit 70%, you're not going to hear daily case numbers anymore. I'm sure they'll be available online, but um, you are not going to have Gladys Berejiklian up there saying, we got X amount of cases every day. As soon as she can stop making those announcements, she will, because it's um, it's obviously a pretty um, daunting and, and pretty uh, sad thing to have to announce every day. And uh, at some point, we need to get people out of the obsession of case numbers. And a lot of people have been saying this for a long time. Uh, it's just that this outbreak has really driven the message home um, at the moment. All right, now, Moving on from that, we know all about the lockdown and what's happening there. How does it affect sport and the big sport in particular? We kind of know where we're at with um, with community sport. Unfortunately, there's just none of it. It's as simple as that. Um, community sport can't operate. It's really sad, I think, for the kids um, and for everyone else who was um, was playing sport, um, whether it be Oztag, whether it be rugby league, whether it be soccer or netball. To see those competitions cancelled is really, really sad um, and, and it's, it's not just the sport, it's the social interaction primarily for the kids that they're missing out on at the moment, but it is uh, what it is, and unfortunately we have lost community sport. As far as the, uh, the mainstream sport is uh, concerned, well, let's talk NRL, and the Penrith Panthers remain, of course, located in Queensland, and they will remain in Queensland until the end of the year, along with the rest of the NRL. Two games to go with the regular season for the Panthers. They play the West Tigers this Sunday afternoon at Morton Daly Stadium at Redcliffe, 4.05pm uh, kickoff there, and then they play the Eels on Friday the 3rd of September, 8.05pm at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Now, the finals follow, and uh, you pretty much don't have to be uh, too much of an expert to know that the finals will most likely be in Queensland as well. Uh, the grand final is the big one. It's due to be held early October. You couldn't imagine that happening in Sydney. Uh, so you'll most likely see the grand final. I would suggest in Brisbane. I know there's been suggestions of other locations, but 
I think the uh, the ease of it all will mean that it'll be in Brisbane because WA, the hard rules that would follow that uh, with Premier McGowan over there, just can't see that happening. Victoria is in its own COVID mess. Um, I just can't see them turning around a, a venue like Adelaide or something like that. So I think you'll find that uh, Suncorp Stadium will host its first NRL Grand Final in early October. Now, the uh, the AFL, um, it, of course, is going into its finals this weekend. Uh, now, what's interesting there, we've got the GWS Giants, of course, in action uh, this weekend against the Sydney Swans. Um, and of all places, Tasmania, the University of Tasmania Stadium in Launceston will host the Swans Giants at 3.20 on Saturday afternoon. That is an elimination semi-final. Now, the finals are starting very early here. The AFL is going to find a week somewhere along the line where they have a week off. Um, now, that could be because of a COVID scare. They've kind of built this in so they can be a little bit fluid with the final schedule. But if they march on with um, with no um, problems, then you'll probably find that may happen the week before the grand final. So you'll have a full weekend of, of nothing before that grand final on the 25th of September. Now, the Super Netball, it's in Queensland as well. And the Giants are in the grand final there as well. They play the New South Wales Swifts. That is on this Saturday afternoon at Nissan Arena. Uh, 2.30pm Swifts and Giants in the Super Netball Grand Final. Um, and of course, other sports around town uh, in the Penrith area in particular, uh, the racing codes, uh, harness racing continues at Penrith Paceway without crowds on a Thursday night and meetings continue at the Richmond Greyhound Club at Londonderry as well without crowds uh, right throughout the week. Alright, now as far as the Western Weekender is concerned, we are continuing to publish. Our print edition remains out there. Um, you can, of course, get the digital edition of that as well if you don't get the print edition at home. Just jump on to westernweekender.com.au slash paper if you want some more details about how you can get your hands on a copy of the print edition. We're also keeping you right up to date with uh, local news as far as the COVID-19 pandemic is concerned at westernweekender.com.au and make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Thanks for joining us for Weekender Wireless. Keep up to date with everything through the Weekender channels with COVID-19, and we'll see you next time on Weekender Wireless. The risk of catching COVID-19 in your area is high. COVID-19 vaccines are available now and can prevent serious illness or death. Talk to your GP and book a vaccination. Stay home. Get tested. Financial support is available for those eligible. For more information, go to australia.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.